0: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this blessed evening, this time for us to gather here tonight. Thank you for each and every soul that's here and those who are on the way. Lord, I pray that you get them here safely. Thank you that you made their nights available that they would come here tonight to gather as a body to uh, hear what you would have to say. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just uh, your spirit would fall in this place. You would fill and and enrapture each and every person's heart tonight, and that you would write the word that you put on my mouth deeply within each and every one of our hearts as we go forward. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and uh, open it up to the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. Again, it's Exodus fifteen, twenty-two. 22. Uh, as I said, two things that I do is water filtration, and I'm also in the Navy, so water is my life. That's basically what I'm all about. So it was interesting as I was preparing this message that God said it's going to be about water. So amen. Water it is. So the message that I'm titled tonight is called Sweetwater, and it's in regard to something that I want to relate to as forgiveness, sweetwater relating to forgiveness. Now before we do, I want to get into the background of uh, the context of the scriptures that we're going to dive into in Exodus 15. In Exodus 1, it talks about how the, the Israelites were in bondage, it says that they were They were bitter with slavery, with rigorous works as servants doing many works in the field for the Egyptians. Like they were bricklayers, they were concrete, they were just doing everything that was really heavy work. And they were just enraptured by these evil guys who uh, made them do what they needed to do to build their land. So with that said, God had rose up Moses to lead the people out because the people cried out. And they just kept crying, you know, we're being afflicted, we're being... Pain is coming upon us from these people. Get us out of here. So God finally did. And he brought 10 plagues upon the Egyptians, which they finally let them go. And when they did go out, Moses led them. And they came to the Red Sea where they were trapped and the enemy, the Egyptians changed their mind and said, you know what, we want them back. So they started pursuing. But God did an amazing work before the eyes of all the Israelites. He opened up the Red Sea. You guys all know the story. They went on dry ground, went to the other side. And then the Egyptians came in with an army and then God just closed up the wall on them, crushed the enemy and he, he, he wiped away their past. And God took them to this new land. They had no idea where they were going, what they were gonna do. They had to trust Moses' guidance by, by God's guidance to him. So here they are, and uh, that's basically where we're going to pick up in Exodus fifteen twenty two. So let's read along. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink so Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When Moses cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet, hence sweet water. So let's pause here before we continue on. Water facts I wanted to give you, two things. The earth's surface is 70% water. Okay, 3% of, the water, of all of that water is actually fresh water to be drank. So that tells us 97% of the water we have is not drinkable because if we were, I think surfers would be really hydrated every time they get rolled under a wave, right? The other thing is the human body is on an average 70% made of water as well, 68% for babies. And as we get older, we drop more in the 60s. So we'll just stick to the 70 for all of us and act like we're babies. So that's, that's something I wanted to just prelude thought of your mind because we're going to tie back in, into that in the end. Now, uh, the story that we just read about uh, the water has everything to do with being bitter. It's Bitterness. Mara. That's what it actually means. It says it in the scriptures, right? Literally means bitter. And I want us to secure, consider a few steps or stepping stones or building blocks for us to draw near to God as I go through uh, this evening's message. The first one I want to talk about is forgiveness. Forgiveness is essential as a Christian. It's essential for us to receive forgiveness. But the only way we can receive forgiveness of everything that we've ever done wrong, our sins, is to repent and to believe that Jesus Christ is God, that he stepped out of heaven, was born of a virgin, walked and talked among men and women and healed. And he went to the cross, taking our sins upon himself to die for us, where he shed his blood and he was buried in the tomb for three days, resurrected and ascended to heaven. If you believe that, that's the gospel message for truth for you and I to be free. And if you don't know Jesus, hopefully by tonight you will will receive him so that you can know the forgiveness that he has given you and I. The second thing that comes with forgiveness for me, I would say for all of us, is freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom from sin, sin's bondage, and ultimately death eternally. And that's what the power of the cross has done for us. Now, the beauty of that is, some may hear the enemy whisper, it's only for a little while because God will use it again against you. No, he actually records that I'm going to forget it. And not only am I going to forget your sins, I'm going to forget them forever. As he casts them out into the sea, where will remember no more. Micah seven nineteen says, he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. That's beautiful to me because... Things I've done, I'm glad they're gone. They're not remembered by God. Now, the next step is a huge one for me in the fact that I would allow the enemy to play historical games with me. He would remind me of the deepest, darkest sin that I had, which was a secret, and I didn't tell anybody. It was only between me and God. But he knew, and he would always play it out, and I would just feel like I was that Christian that had to play play back, sit back, Don't say nothing because I've got this on you, and you don't want them to know because the Christians are going to judge you. Everybody's going to judge you, and you're going to be less than. You're not going to be welcomed here anymore. So I wouldn't say anything until one day, the home group or the men's group that I was going to, the leader wasn't going to be there, and called me and said, I need you to teach a message. And, you know, can you do it? And I said, sure, I'll do it. You know, step of faith. Well, it happened to be that message was my deepest, darkest sin, and I realized that God is a good jokester. He likes to tell jokes internally. So he told me, I'm going to show you how to get rid of this. And what he made me do was confess it before other men. It was, a, it was an issue that was really challenging. And I don't want to bring it up because it's a graphical thing. But it was in that moment of me sharing that darkness from my life that I was cleansed. I felt it leave, and I felt peace like there was no other, and I felt these other men come around me secretly saying, me too, man, I needed to hear that. I'm glad I'm not alone, because at that point, that's when I knew that the enemy had no clinch on me. He couldn't use the world or people around me to keep me from doing what he wanted to do in my life. And it was at that moment that I became fearless, fearless for God, that I could take the gospel message and I could share it with people and I didn't care what they thought about it. Because it's the enemy who tells us to say, no, be quiet, shut up, right? No more. It was gone. And that's the power of forgiveness, receiving that freedom, and remembering that it's forgotten forever and that we are fearless. It's all of you are. Maybe you're hindering on. Maybe you needed to hear that. And you have to remember all of our sins are gone. Every single one of them. Small to big, whatever you did today and whatever you'll do tomorrow, he forgives because his his mercies are upon us new every day, and it's important that we know that. Important. There's a scripture in Lamentations three nineteen twenty says, "Remember my affliction and roaming, the wormwood, bitterness, and the gall. My soul still remembers, and it sinks within me, and that's what was happening until I just." Proclaim it and sometimes even if you confess it to god Sometimes god wants to use whatever your sins were to confess it to others So they can find that freedom like those other guys did that day and I had no clue But that was god's plan And because of it I have seen a lot of my brothers who were in that room today Rise up and do other things and they're serving in the church and they're just they're just all over the place And it's, it's just a blessing to see what what happened in that moment And uh, I had to learn I had to learn to, be give, to, to give that secret up. It wasn't something that just came to me overnight. It was, it was obviously by, by God's providence that that men's group leader wasn't going to be there that day. And me, I was actually the youngest guy in the group physically in age and also as a, as a believer in Christ, I considered myself a baby Christian. So it was ultra steps of faith to not be judged by these guys and trusting that God was going to do what he was going to do. And again, that day was just a, an amazing day. Now, forgiveness is a two-way street. Okay, It's received when we believe. But it doesn't stop there. Because God says we are to be just like him. And we need to forgive others. We need to forgive others. Matthew six fourteen fifteen. 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespassers, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Ephesians 4.31 Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Some of you, I believe the Holy Spirit has shown you something in your past passive molestation, rape, beatings, affliction, stealing, maybe adultery in your marriage. And in your heart, you're saying, yeah, but I can't forgive that person for what they did to me. Revenge needs to be upon them. They need to be taken out for what they did to me. That was not right. It was not fair. It wasn't fair. And you're saying, yeah, Jesse, yeah, great, great talk. No, everything I just said to you right now, is me. I've lived it. I know the torment, the pain, the affliction that comes with that, the anger, the rage, the hatred, the bitterness, the murder in my heart for another person. Now, a little testimony here is I grew up with a single parent mom and my brother. And the first time I met my dad was in when I graduated sixth grade. I was 11. The following year, I got in an argument with my mom and I said, I'm leaving. I'm going to my dad's. And I called my dad, he said, come on in, son, right? So I go, and I lived there for about two to three years. And during my time of being there, there was a lot of pain, a lot of things that happened to me. I was the only boy in a house with four sisters and my grandma, and I was just an overwhelmed little boy, not even a teenager yet. And things were happening to me in that home, lots of dark things, to the point where I was, you know, we had guns in our house, and I used to lock and load that pistol and say, I'm ready, tonight's the night. And I would hold it, ready to go. And soon after that, my mom had actually called to see how I was doing, and she heard it in my voice. She said, what's wrong? And I said, I want to commit suicide. She she hung up. Next day, I went to school. First class, principal, security takes me out. They take me to the office and say, your mom's coming to get you. You said that you are going to commit suicide? I said, yes. I said, the state has just, uh, just pulled you out of your dad's house, and you're going to your mom's house. She's on her way right now. And I couldn't wait for her to get there. She did, I left, and she knew the pain and the torment that I went through when I lived there. And she basically felt so bad that she just basically said, hands off, the world's yours, live live free, and I did. And that is when drugs, alcohol, relationships I shouldn't have had, stealing, other things that were sort of gang-related, just things that were just where I shouldn't have been. But it was just... You know, let me go do what I want. And that process of alcohol and all those things was where that rape part came in. And that was a dark day. Um, and I, and I, I know where you're at if that's you too. But years later, I was 15, by the way, when I left my dad's house. That was the last time I had seen him. And then years later, as an alcoholic, I ran into my now wife, Angela, who, uh, when I met her, she had introduced me to Jesus, not in the religious fashion that I knew as a Catholic, but as a relationship. And she kept talking about Jesus, and I just kept saying, Yeah, 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 I know who he is, whatever. I got a cross hanging on my car, and Yeah, 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 here we are, we're good. And it wasn't true. And then I went to a Christmas Eve service with her, and that's when I gave my life to the Lord, Calvary Chapel, Anaheim. And I knew the peace of God that night, and I was just so overjoyed by what happened. So two years after we met, we were going to get married. So in our marriage plans, I was going to invite, you know, who were my invites? And I was with my mother and my family when we were doing that. And I said, I'm going to invite my dad. And the world just came on me. They just, they just lashed out. What? That's wrong. What he did to you is wrong. Why would you invite him? And I just said, you know, I just, you know, in my heart, because they weren't saved, was I was forgiven. Why would I not forgive him? put my faith to the test. So I just said, I'm inviting him. It's my wedding. That's how I left it. And I did. And he responded and said, I'll be there. I was more nervous about him showing up to my wedding than I was even getting married. Some of you were like, oh, I threw up on my wedding. Well, not me. <laughs> I was afraid, was I going to hit him? Was going to? How, how is this going to work? So we set it up for my brother, my good friend, and uh, my dad were going to meet up. We were going to pick him up from his hotel room. We were going to go out. And, and just hang out the night before. So him and I are sitting there. And I just said, you know, I want to tell you something. And I let him have it. And it felt good. Um, but then I told him, but you know what? I hated you so much. I couldn't wait for the day I heard that you were dead. Or if I was going to kill you myself, I ran into you. But you know what? I became a believer in Jesus Christ. And he forgave me of all that I'd done. And, and the reason why you're here is because I forgive you of all that you did for not being there for me, for not, you know, for all the things that happened to me. And that's why I want tomorrow to be a special day, not just for me, but for you too. And he he just turned, said nothing to me, and we just hugged and cried. Amen. Amen. It was in that moment that I felt all that aggression, all that anger, all that pain go away. And nothing was there to hold me back at that point. I was just completely cleansed of all the things that, you know, that I felt, well, as a, as a nonbeliever, that that was wrong, that he should have been filled with pain. He should have been hurt like I was hurt. But, but that's not God's way. That's why he went to the cross for us. He did all those beautiful things for us to be, to be free. See, bitterness... Let me put it this way. If somebody affects you or hurts you, you're angered. You're mad. And if you don't deal with it with that person, I don't mean physically deal with it either. I'm just, you know, work it out with them, pray for them, pray it through, you know, and, and come to an understanding that that was wrong and, you know, move on. There's times when you can't do that. And your anger turns to that rage and that bitterness that I had. And, and it becomes bitter poison so to speak, within your body. It becomes like a cancer that just consumes every cell that you have. And what it does is eventually puts you in a cell where you're boxed in and you just feel like you can't move. Not only are you in a cell, but you have shackles on your hands, your feet, and you're weighted down. You just feel like an animal, like Jesus did on the cross. You just feel like you can't move no matter what. You can't breathe. It's consuming, heavy, a lot of weight. But That cell and those locks that are on your hands, they're actually not even shackled together. They're just hanging on you. It's up to you to shake it off and for you to go up to the door and open up and walk free. All you have to do is forgive. That's all we have to do. And that forgiveness will make us free. And we should not remember their sins. Just like Jesus forgot our sins, we should do the same thing and never be historical, bringing it back up. Remember that time? That's wrong. It's wrong to do. So it's important that we do that and we let it go. I mentioned earlier in the context of these, the Israelites being in bondage in the beginning, the pain and the affliction, they're crying out. And as I was reading the study, I just thought it was weird how they would be in bondage and being mistreated like slaves. And here they are, they're now free, they're three days walking in the wilderness, and they come up to this water, and, I'm, and they were thirsty. So here they are, they drink drinking, It's bitter. And I questioned, God, why would you free your people and make them drink water that's so bitter? And to me, he impressed, it was a reminder of what their heart was for those Israelites, for the world. I don't want you to have that. I can't take you into the place I want to show you and take you until you forgive, until you get rid of this cell that's in you or this weight that's holding you down. And it's interesting how they cried out to Moses. And I love what Moses did. He could have lashed out and told you, shut up, you guys. No, instead, he turned to God and and he prayed, cried out to him. And God said, I'm going to show you a tree. And that tree represents the cross, the wood. And he took it and he cast it into the water. And it became sweet. And the people drank. And then it says, "Where we're going to read. Follow me right here in Exodus 15, 25. Well, the later half of twenty-five. Exodus fifteen, twenty five says there he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you, who heals you. Verse twenty-seven. Then they came to Elam. Where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. So they throw the wood into the water and the bitterness goes away. And they taste the sweetness of Jesus. And here they are, they still need to travel. And it says that they go into Elam, and what God had for them was 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. It's an oasis. There's an oasis out there for us if we would take our bitterness, give it to Jesus, and let him cleanse us so he can take us to that next level, which is what I said, like I felt that day when I had to share with those men, all that bitterness that was in me had to be taken away before God would take me on a different path. And that's where we see the beauty of, of the cross. Now, about to tie it in, as I mentioned earlier about the water facts, 70% Only 3% of the water is fresh. What does that tell us? It tells us that the world is a bitter place. There is no love. There is no sweetness in it at all. It hurts. It afflicts. And that's the world we live in. But see, the difference is in the 70% of the water that's within us, we can apply the cross to our water within us to take all that bitterness and make us sweet if you ever came across a Christian and you like, needed counseling or needed somebody to pray with and you walked to them, it's because their heart was sweet for you to share, to pray, to cry, to hold you, to embrace you, to help you in all that you were doing. And that is what we need to do so we can be cleansed, so we can be sweet, so we can maybe impact that bitter world that we have. We can't impact the world, but we can impact the lives and the souls that are in this world. And that's just up to you and I if we choose to do so. It all starts with belief that God died for us and forgave us. And tonight, I believe that we need to do prayer. We need to communicate with God. Because many, I believe, are holding on to some things that need to go, that are holding you back for what God's trying to do. You're holding on to an old, rusty anchor that you need to cut and put on the new anchor of hope, which is Jesus Christ, who will take you and will hold you through all the heavy winds, all the heavy waves, so that you can go forward and do what he's called you to do. He's got a plan for each and every one of our lives, but are you willing to let him do it? So tonight, I believe we need to communicate through knee mail, bowing down on our knees within the condition of our heart. Just say, Lord, help me. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this uh, great night for all of us to come here and gather to hear what you would have to say we thank you, Lord, that you, before we were even born, you died for us on the cross. That you have given us forgiveness by your blood, by your stains, we are healed. And as you told the Israelites that you are a God who heals and that you are not going to bring the plagues upon them, I pray, Lord, that for each and every person here that we would take note of that and that we would receive it and that we would write it in the center of our heart, Lord where the bitterness used to be, and that the sweetness will be, because that's where you are. And I thank you, Lord, that you have just came down, you've touched, and you reach, and, and you've got plans for us. And I just pray, Lord, that days after this, that your spirit would touch each and every heart, and that you would give them guidance of what you want them to do, and that you would give us all divine appointments to share your goodness. We thank you, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.